always wonder what I'm going to say on my intros. I want to exit from this despair. I want to also give a warning to other creatives. Create like it's your last. Because with the reversal of role, they're not going to stop there. If you have something meaningful to say that is going to shed light and bring happiness to the world, you better do it before the conservatives decide. And that's how I want to begin my day every day, creating something new, interesting, and that's educating and expand the world instead of bringing darkness. As always, I like to start my show just talking about um, and just being excited about everything that's going on. I'm going to be making some other programming changes coming up in the next few months. I'm well on my way to 100,000 downloads, y'all. I'm still tripped out that... um, Shady, that shady one with the girl ladies from a Real Housewife of Potomac actually reached one million downloads. That's crazy to me. Um, but I'm excited that I'm well over 76.8 thousand downloads. Who would have thought a, a show about popular culture, crankiness, trash TV, uh, could attract that many downloads. And I'm, listen, listen, advertisers, give a sister a break. Advertise on my show, with the exception of the Republican Party or anybody crazy. I don't, I don't need that kind of smoke. But thank you for the people, the thousands of people that actually have downloaded the show, leaving great reviews on um, iTunes. I see them. I appreciate y'all. Um, Ohio is taking over, has taken over California in the recent weeks as far as most place down, the most downloads. Um, Nebraska's in there now. Um, Arizona, I see y'all and I'm thankful. I'm greatly, truly thankful. and one. Mills with time taking a shot for more on the sideline. Reaching out and he makes a spectacular grab. Sexons are going fast but watch at the last second. So it appears that this game was fast and furious and it and the game I'm referring to is Cowboys versus the Texans. The Cowboys The fucking Cowboys should not have won with this narrow of a margin. It, it, they didn't even look like the same team that's been paying for the last 13 weeks. Um, it, especially against the freaking Texans that are one 11 and one. What do you mean? I'm perplexed and bamboozled and, and, and confused. See, but this, but they, if you have play against a team that has performed as badly as the Texans, the the stupidity and the craziness that becomes the Cowboys running game um, when the special team muffs a play, and I like that, 
because deep into the second quarter and the, their next drive, when they first uh, started out and they um, kicked off, it somebody uh, bumbled the uh, the touchback or whatever, and it turned it over to te- put the Houston Texans within like 10 or 15 yards of um, goal, which I thought was crazy. So then they scored. Um, touchdown, and then they got the field goal. Second quarter, 10 and 10, looks like a couple of touchdowns and um, three-point three conversions. Uh, we got the three-point conversion of third quarter. No, Texas got the three-point conversion um, the third quarter and then remained um, pointless um, until – the game ended and it was ended at 27 23 i'm going to actually put the game recap and highlights um in my um podcast extended podcast notes but i want to see this this is what is this, this is when they were 10 14 and they, when they got the second um driscoll off the fake on the roll down the sideline, he finds oh. it. It's a touchdown. Texans take the lead. And then they took Rogers, the lead in the second quarter. This is his first as a Texan. Freaking crazy. This the guy that's replaced him. Prescott in the pocket with time. Gallup on the oh. sideline, blasted. Running wow. up number three that was from a the great front play. side. Helping. Third and ten. Pressure up the middle. Prescott backpedals to Schultz. Lots of room to run for the tight end. First down and much more. All the way down to the Houston 15. It always cracks me up. Tight ends are literally that. Tight ends. And they some big mugs. Look like they need to be on the offensive line. But they do get to have a little bit of speed. It was a lot of back and forth, it seems, in the game. And as well as just they were kind of seemed they were... Uh, finding their balance. I'm glad they won, but it should definitely should not have been by a three-point conversion. And I'm glad I am editing my podcast, and I've added this section on the Cowboys because I felt that I felt that I needed to uh, just mention this in brevity because I don't have a lot to say because I don't know this brother. Everybody's talking about Deion Sanders announcing at a championship game that he's throwing up the deuces and taking five million large um, at the University of Colorado um, to coach their team back into some wins. I'm not sure if they're going, if those white boys are going to be ready for the gruffness of prime time. He's not going to be able to talk to them white kids like he talked to the bras down at um in Mississippi. I and I'm and I don't blame him from getting his generational wealth secure in the bag because that's what it was all about. I have found out in researching this part of the podcast that he had given he was only making three hundred grand a year. I can't see Irv or any other high powered coaches making that little bit of money, even starting out. Um, and he actually gave half of his salary back to the school to upgrade the facilities. He didn't have to do that. But, and then we're, tech, we're asking him 
or well, the internet in all of its stupidity is asking this brother to, oh yeah, by the way, why can't you blah, 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 stay at the HBCU, but turn away, turn down $5 million, girl, by who only black folks um, and crazy people um, ask that, and communists ask that kind of nonsense. I'm not a purist, I am a black capitalist, and if somebody were to offer me to do what I do, to do the exact same job with unmelanated people, but you're going to pay me $5 million large, I'm out. I don't care. It's called about securing the bag and generational wealth, and other than that, y'all can bite me. The principle of the thing is not to be stupid. That's what I, and that's what he would have been to turn down that money. Dion, go coach them white boys, watch yourself, and secure the bag. That's all I got to say on that. I am having a moment where I can actually relax and just enjoy the day. The paying job is interesting, to say the least. And I had also forgot DMX remade Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I'm going to have to add that to my Black Excellence Christmas playlist and enjoy getting my bop on when I go pick up my groceries. But anyways, so for good black news, um, there seems to be a lot of good black news. I want to kind of cool to start out the show with today. Um, it was re- announced that Ooh, he's from New York. Okay, I'm getting all mixed up. But anyways, <laughs> uh, Brittany Griner is finally free. They did a uh, criminal exchange, and she's not a criminal. She basically got hemmed up in a mus in a Russian penal colony for what equates to a cartridge of CBD oil. There are people that have been caught with pounds of marijuana. In fact, little Scrappy from Love and Hip Hop, he got caught with several couple of pounds of marijuana in his car uh, when he got in that fight and got shanked by his sister's ex-boyfriend. And he got probation. Brittany got nine years. Neither here nor there. I'm sorry that there are other people that are still probably unjustly incarcerated um, in Russia. I'm just glad that Brittany is free and is on her way back to the crib. What I find fascinating is she has to go through medical clearance. She has to get a debriefing um, before she's allowed um, to come back, to actually be back here. I'm hoping they'll do it probably at the base in Germany and then she'll get a first class private uh, private flight all the way back to United States. I'm thinking Tyler Perry, make that happen. Oprah, make that happen. Um, for the first time in U.S. history, I can't believe this, even with Reconstruction, which was... Uh, debacle 
Um, Hakeem Jeffries is the Senate minority leader, head of the Democratic caucus in the U.S. House of Representatives. He's a dude, black dude, 52 years old um, from New York. It looks like he was born in New York. But he is rep. He represents the eighth district. Um, congratulations, Representative Jeffries. Oh, and finally, finally, Raphael Warnock has been elected to the Senate. Confirmed, I'm sure. Uh, what's his name? Herschel conceded. I'm sure there's some election denied just because Herschel didn't win. They were saying that it was uh, it was six, et cetera, et cetera. I'm still mad at the 200,000 uh, Republicans that set it out that said they wouldn't vote for Herschel, but neither would they vote for Reverend Warnock, who is clearly fit to uh, represent the state of Georgia. It, it's just despicable that they would rep. Uh, re- some people will prefer a derelict or they won't do their duty and just vote. I think it's just ridiculous. Also, one, one, but one, even though he is a derelict, one over one million, one million of all of y'all have said that it is okay. He holds a gun to his uh, wife's head it's okay that he's a domestic abuser, that he pays for abortion and lies about his position in the military and as a law enforcement officer. It's okay. You're okay with that jughead saying or being all those things, lying. You're okay having that as a representation of your party because he says he's a Republican. I don't even know if he's going to remember what he did next week. Because he's acting like he has advanced CTE. He may go on a a while, start wilding out. Because even in spite of all of this nonsense, we are in the South. I'm sure he's strapped to the hilt. All of us, just be careful. Just be careful. I don't know. But his pattern of behavior is erratic and just downright stupid. And I'm just glad that... Over 90, only 96,000 people basically put Reverend Warnock over the 50% limit to beat him out, which I think is deplorable, but it is what it is. At least Herschel Walker is not representing Georgia. Since I recorded my last part of the episode, there has been so much new and even happier developments with the ongoing story and saga of one Brittany Griner. Her, I had, I think I made this remark that she needs to come home. It's okay if she had to go um, and be assessed at the army base in Germany, but with the quickness, she went from a Russian gulag to the UAE private jet. I don't think... (laughs) I honestly think this was hooked up by the the United States government. Went from the UAE private jet in t- 
touchdown in the United States. Her plane landed in the San Antonio um, about maybe 24 hours ago. I don't know this young woman. I don't know anybody close to me that is familiar with her, her family, or her wife. But what I do know is people are doing the most on and saying the some of the dumbest shit on the internet. First and foremost. And I think one of my favorite podcasters, Demetria L. Lucas, said this the best. Several things that she said the best. We don't want, no one wants to hear from her for about 90 days. I'm going to put maybe six months or so. We're not going to forget about her because I'm sure people are going to be clamoring for to get that first interview. But from a medical standpoint, Brittany Griner needs peace. She needs a lot of rest because what I did notice is <laughs> she is light skinned. <laughs> she looks wan, she looks too thin. Um she needs to go back to Arizona and they need to give her as much Tex-Mex, some of the greasiest food, chips, and she needs to just process and decompress we let's just start there she don't need to talk to any of us she needs to get her mind right that young woman needs to sleep eat and poop that's it she has probably one of the most supportive uh support system publicists and her wife Sherelle Griner, magnificent, because I honestly think that if she had not kept up the pressure, we would not, Brittany would not be here. She, from what I saw on CBS News, we need to see more of her. She is completely capable for speaking for the family and let it be that. We don't need anybody else speaking on her behalf while she goes through this healing phase because this is prolonged. I know this young woman has PTSD. She probably has maybe a little Stockholm syndrome. She just looked so harrowed harrowed when she was sitting on a plane. She's gone through nine months of people probably brutalizing her and torturing her they probably have some stupid shit like sonic their sonic torture um sound therapy kept the lights all on and the food was probably absolutely disgusting she's over six feet tall damn near seven feet tall and she looks like the tallest skeleton that i've ever seen Also, I don't know if they made her cut her hair, but she she needs to have whoever is the best in hairstylist. They need 
to make a special flight to Houston to get her locks on point when she feels like it. She needs to just be for a minute. That's what she needs. I'm all for it. I'm here for it. I'm here for her to recover. And then after about six months or so, if she wants to talk to us, have at it. But not right now. We don't need to see this form of her. We want to see her presenting the best form of herself. And she doesn't have to be ready. We are on her time. We waited for her to come back. And that's all Gucci. But if anybody from Fox News, if I, they, you don't need to talk to them. You don't need to talk to TMZ. You don't need to talk to Page Six. It's all good if you don't want to talk to anybody for a very long goddamn time. I just wish and I am hopeful of this woman's recovery because it's going to be very long. I can't imagine the psychological torture that she went through. I don't think it's fair. And I think the Russians need to be ashamed of themselves. But who else needs to be ashamed of themselves? The people on the Internet. Fuck all of y'all. Fuck the ones that say, why she come back? Fuck all of (laughs) y'all. Why did they bring her back? And why did they work so hard to bring her back? Why not? She's an American citizen. She repped us for two straight Olympians. So y'all say it's okay for her to be on to entertain you, but it's not worth our time and energy to bring her back. Oh, oh, okay. And all, and also the ones that said, and Charles Barkley, I was with you when, until you said you still feel bad. It's bittersweet because they didn't bring Paul Whelan back. Did you know who Paul Whelan was before? Brittany was hemmed up. I doubt it because I doubt if you look look at the news like that. I doubt if any of us knew who the fuck he was. And you mean to take it's okay for if they could wouldn't. And for the people that saying stupid stuff like if they should why she back and the Candace Owens about you can break laws and and then the chumps of the world. I just. That is the mistake I did because I kept scrolling and I I tapped onto the shade room. I don't think people that just because you have something to say don't mean you should say it and don't mean I need to read it. And if you do this crap for clicks, shame on you, because I'm sick of that bad edge Candace Owens saying anything because you don't rep anybody. You are a poor excuse for a human being. No, that woman should not have gotten nine years for CBD oil, a cartridge of CBD oil, less than a hundredth of a gram. Girl, bye. And chump, you just need to stay the shut the fuck up because one of your kids, actually all of y'all probably getting ready to be round up if the AG of New York has her way and if Mr. Garland has his way. So you need to pipe the fuck down. How about that? And all of your kids, if they were to drug test, especially that we that uh, uh, cocaine looking mug, your kid, 
you need to be they need to be hemmed up either they need to go to rehab or because that is probably I don't know if it's going to be a Rico tax case that's going to take your dumb asses out. I'm hopeful that all of y'all going to be in the clink. I'm hopeful that all of your kids get hemmed up on some dumb shit running drugs and get hemmed up. And then you figure out how it is. Rules do apply to people that actually break them. Yes, she had probably admit that she shouldn't. It could. It's probably not. I don't even I can't even say that because if it was planted, it was just that the punishment did not match with the crime. And if it was hers, nine, she shouldn't have got nine years. We've known people that I have actually watched this crap on smugglers. This mug on smugglers had ecstasy. He had an eight ball. And marijuana, and they still let him out. Only he had to pay a fine and he got let go. He didn't even get deported. He was allowed to come in, come in. But you tell me she get a, a cartridge of CBD oil and get nine years and that's OK. And a government should not have done all it can to bring her back. And again, I had no idea who Paul Whelan was until Brittany got hemmed up. Who is Paul Whelan? Paul Whelan, from what I understand, got dishonorably discharged as a Marine, got caught over there spying. I'm not even saying he did it because I, I don't care. All I cared was that that young woman, a black woman, no matter what her masculine presenting uh, presentation is, don't care. She didn't need to be there. We got her back. Good. Hooray, USA. That's all I'm concerned about. I wish Paul Whelan's family that they could be as graceful as his identical twin brother. I hope all of them are. But I don't think that they should have kept both of them over there for that dirty ass um, arms dealer who is gangster. Dude had his own uh, Air Force to basically traffic his uh, weapons. Fine. Okay. Fine. They wanted him and they only wanted to give trade Britney. Cool. Let Britney. I'm glad Britney's back in the USA. I'm sorry that Paul couldn't have come with her. Try, try again. At least now everybody know who you are because of her. But she should not have been the sacrificial lamb uh, for that brother because it should have been both or none. Who does? Who would say that? But people actually are saying that on the Internet. I've never heard some dumb, the dumbest crap. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. And you're not going to get anybody to basically co-sign that. Because that's stupid. But what we will co-sign is what Joe Biden stuttered. Give them respect their privacy and they can tell us as much as they want us to know. Now that she's back in the United States. Let her publicists, let the lawyers, let Sherelle speak for Brittany. Brittany don't need to speak to us until she's good and damn ready. And that and that's all I got to say about that. 
I'm so glad this young woman, and I'm talking about, I don't know who Paul Whelan is, nor do I, or any, probably nobody that I'm close to is close to that family or no Brittany BG or Brittany Griner. But I'm so glad as an African-American woman, somebody went to get her. That makes me feel good. Makes me feel a little bit safer. That if some shit really go down, somebody will come after and extract my black ass. So that kudos to Brittany. I'm so glad this young woman is back and safe. I'm so praying for her continued recovery because she has a long way to go. And I'm so happy people kept it quiet to not screw up any uh, shenanigans and shenanigans. She's back. She's with her family and it's time for her to heal. And it also goes to the fact of who you are in a relationship with. Are you in? It makes you think. Cisgender. Non-binary. Same sex. Is this person. If something were to go down about me. Do I have people back here in the States that can speak for me and know who to talk or to to call to basically extract my black ass? Are you with someone and if you are in a relationship with someone that can basically truly hold it down for you and not make you look crazy and out here make you look crazy? Can you feel the emotion that they feel for you? Are they the Ryan Kuglers and the widow of Black Panther? Are you that type? Are you the Sherelle Griners? Are you that type of person that you can depend on? If something were to go down, you I could trust you to speak for me and to basically keep the pressure on to get extract my black ass without any um, luck baggage. With there's no strings attached to it. Can you hold me down to either extract my black ass or to keep my legacy? I'm going. Are you that try to ride or die? Is that key? Are you that smart? Are you that eloquent? Do you have that light that basically can shine through whenever you speak for me and about me? That's all I want to know. It's hard out here for a pimp. I heard Gail King say that I need somebody that is willing to be the bottom bitch. I need somebody that is eloquent enough to also wrap me in the hallowed halls of government to hold it down, to keep the pressure on, to basically bring my black ass home. Speak for me until I'm able to speak for myself. Are you that type of person? Or are you just perpetrating and you just and you just want all you can get from a person? I'm just saying. If anyone ever asks, should I stay or should I go? I'm going to gather that they have either made up their mind. And they're looking for co-signers. I don't find that people are that confused when they're in a situation where there are obvious red flags or there's something 
just the red flags. Let's just start there. So I'm taking this from my dating over 40 community on Reddit. And this is from a user called Hello Merce. And as everything in this community, it is the comments that are everything. It says, I've, this is the 46 year old male that is dating the 50 year old female. They've been dating for eight months or so. It started off with frequent dates several times a week on the weeks. We didn't have our kids. Our schedules normally line up and we went exclusive a little less than a month after our first date, after we've been intimate the first time. The summer went really well. Lots of feeling very close and connected, sharing feelings, etc. As the summer ended, her schedule started getting much busier. She's in the process of launching her own freelance company, so she's been busy both on an administrative level and on a creative level as she takes on projects and tries to make this dream of hers profitable and viable as a long-term career. Admire the hustle. That's me. Her daughters are also very busy with their own extracurricular activities and need frequent shuttling to and from these activities. Although her ex is supposed to have shared custody, he frequently makes excuses why he can't take the girls. All of this basically means that since September or so, we really have not been able to spend more than a few days a month together, maybe five or six actual days a month where we have actual dates and time to be intimate and then the occasional lunch date thrown in here or there. Texting used to be more frequent during these long absences, but has since dropped significantly the last few weeks. I don't think there's another guy on the horizon. I honestly think it's the stress of setting up her new business, dealing with busy teenagers, etc. Then just not having the energy to be pulled in one more direction. So I'm trying to be patient and understanding of that. Okay, that's cool. I've come to not expect replies right away as she's focused on work and I know she will eventually get back to me never more than several hours but I can't help but go off of my learned response that she is slowly pulling away. We reevaluated the relationship about a month ago after I told her that I loved her, didn't expect her to say it back, but she was drowning and I wanted her to know that she was loved and supported. And she said she struggled to return those feelings because she couldn't necessarily picture us together in five years. I'm not going to lie, that stung a little. Of the women I've dated over the last nine years, she's the only one that I've ever saw as a viable long-term partner. The other was an LDR that realistically wasn't possible, long-distance relationship, I'm assuming that is. And I came to realize that over the course of 2020, wow. So it hurts knowing she doesn't see the same in me. Partially, this is because we come from different backgrounds, politically, economically, and she's worried those differences, we eventually drive a wedge between us, although I don't think they will. That is, that's nothing I see as major incompatibilities. I'm looking for advice. I don't want to throw in the towel yet. She says that she feels love, but that doesn't 
but that she doesn't have time to be as present as she normally would in a relationship right now. And that explains some of the distance I'm feeling. I also suspect she may be reevaluating on her end and maybe doesn't want to put her feelings out there until she knows how she wants to move forward. Our sexual chemistry is great together and we always have a great time when we're out. So there are no issues there. Really for me, it's just trying to decide what I would need from her to stay in this relationship, which is partially why I'm writing this. So I figured out what that is. Well, as everything, as I said, what is more cracking and popping in this community are the comments. So I don't understand what is the confusion. She said, and this is Finian Chantress, she said she couldn't see the two of you together in five years. Why would you continue to put work into this relationship when she flat out doesn't see a future with you? One of my lessons learned is when people tell slash show who they are, believe them. You seem to think this could change. It's unlikely. And the longer you're in this, the harder it's going to be when it does end. I'm actually with you, girl or male. I think she has told you y'all are in a relationship. So why are you trying to make apples out of uh, oranges? She struggled to return those feelings because she couldn't necessarily picture us together in five years. Dude, she literally telling you bold face that she has no future with you, even with your edit in the comment. It's still a woman who isn't reciprocating your effort or feeling. Doesn't matter why. Move the fuck on. I think I was nicer than that. I think people saying to walk away because you're not a priority are being short-sighted because no one should expect to be the priority all the time. After one terrible marriage that happened because I jumped in too fast, I tend to take my time going into relationship now maybe she's the same well I don't even think it maybe that's it but unless she's verbalized that nah if y'all have another come to Jesus and she basically says yeah I'm good and nah I want to focus on my business then you should take that as we are not in an exclusive relationship and I would not not continue Um, um, continue to hold on to something that realistically isn't there. It, it seems that if you are not in agreement to be in, in a monogamous relationship with this person or you're willing to wait, then that's on you. But it looks like you want to give it a college heart because you think you see all of this stuff in her. But she is clearly telling you. Yeah, I'm good, and I'm going to focus on my girls and my business, how it should be. I don't know. I, it just couldn't be me, and I think that's why I wrote this. Um, if someone tells you who they are, why you're trying to spin into something different. You're not in the five-year plan, and because of circumstances, not even in the right-now plan. Time to keep it moving before things get messy. I got three upvotes, so there you go. So... Don't stay in a bad situation longer than you have to because you think you think one sided that this is the right person for you. 
if you've met her after nine years of trying and because of laziness, you don't want to try anymore, then again, again, that's on you. But don't stay in a situation when she has clearly been up front and said, look, bruh, you're not in my five year plan. I can't deal even with you right now. And it doesn't look like you're dealing with not being in the right now either. So I can't see you waiting another five years. I have someone coming to start working with me in the next couple of weeks that is my age and is now ending a relationship. And I want to know her perspective because it's completely different than mine. She went from being in a long term marriage, got widowed, changed jobs and then went into another relationship, lived with this person And now she's packing up and basically writing another chapter in the long in a the next chapter in the revamping of herself. And I'm all here for it because it's an amazing story there. What is going to happen next? What is her perspective and what are the lessons learned from that? And it's just wild that it's great that she was able to have this experience, but. I'm also grateful that she didn't marry this motherfucker either. And she has a perspective on marriage is different in our age group and the necessity. Why do we have to get married and the importance of living with someone? And this dude, it sounds like he even lived with homegirl with and she's good now that she went under stress And when she's trying to build up her career in her life, she has not found out how to make rooms for all of the spinning parts in her life. She's making things priority and this dude is not a priority. And what happens realistically when that happens on a real basis? I don't think this dude's story is is made up. And definitely So what's going on in the atmosphere or in the news as far as coronavirus updates? There's a lot of stupidity going on. People still out here thinking that it's not, uh, there's still not a pandemic going on. It's not like coronavirus is not still killing people. And in fact, um, it's no longer a pandemic of the unvaccinated even though it is still a major risk factor from dying from COVID-19 is being unvaccinated. We're now seeing that people that have were vaccinated, fully vaccinated early on and maybe even boosted, but they are like me. They got, I was one of the first people to be vaccinated. And then I got 
the initial booster. But and then I got coronavirus back in August. But at the same time, my um, the antibody or the response is waning. I thank I'm thankful that not only was I part vaccinated, but I actually got was started on Paxlovid early. Those things actually helped me more than anything. Although the Omicron had the current most uh, active variant is still causing and wreaking havoc. And people don't realize that. The people that you have a 54% chance of dying now, even if you are vaccinated, because you got and boosted with the previous version. I got boosted when Delta variant was predominant. Now we got this Omicron QXYZ that's actually also screwing people up. And the change is so been so drastic. The FDA has authorized COVID shots, the updated COVID shots for kids as young as six months, because again, this ish is real and it's still killing people. And we got this triple pandemic going on. We got COVID, we got the flu and we got RSV also kicking people's behind. And the reason why I usually, I haven't really talked about COVID a lot um, in my previous um, shows for a very simple fact. I think people were, they basically didn't want to hear it or didn't want, um, got tired of hearing about it, but there's still a repercussions to sticking your head in the sand. For example, there was a National Defense Authorization Act that was released um, and passed on Tuesday with a mandate in it that dropped the COVID-19 um, vaccine uh, requirement for the military. And military experts, basically how short-sighted and stupid this is, why would you drop a mandate for this particular, just this vaccine, they make us get, they made us get like, when you have to deploy, you have to get like yellow fever, um, smallpox, et cetera, et cetera, malaria, all these vaccines in order for you to deploy. But it's more than likely that you're going to get COVID and die, but you're going to drop the mandate for that. This, this reeks of bipartisan um, or just partisan BS. Who in their right mind, we know we they, why would you put that mandate in there? And why, because it doesn't make any sense. You are basically playing into uh, coronavirus or virus deniers, man, vaccine uh, deniers, and you're making it more difficult. The ripple down effect is making it more difficult for people to not be able to deploy or military readiness. So short-sighted. And when you get a bunch of politicians trying to make mandates for things that they don't understand, obviously they don't understand military readiness. And they're trying to also practice medicine too because nobody in their right mind would actually have dropped that mandate. That would be just like us saying, well now, well, what is far from them to say, okay, we're not gonna give you any more funding uh, because uh, smallpox. We're going to make y'all not have to have any vaccines at all. Okay, great. That's the dumbest thing. Nobody would do that, but yet you're playing around with COVID. 
these types of requirements and lack of foresight is appalling. And I can't, I, I have no, I have, I have no comeback for that because it just doesn't make any sense. Why would you do that? Coronavirus is still out here screwing with people and still killing people. We know you have a higher chance of dying more so from coronavirus than any of the other vaccination, vaccine, um, preventable diseases, but y'all take it away as a mandate to prove what? I just, y'all gonna need to de-explain that to me because that doesn't make any sense at all. And this is also coming right around um, the time where Dr. Fauci actually is retiring this month. Um, he basically did his goodbye rounds uh, for the several, like for the several last several weeks, kind of like the goodbye from Trevor Noah um, leaving the um, his show because he wants to go to soccer games and walk to his favorite um, tea shop in Germany. I don't know. I, I'm not going to be I'm beholding it to him, and I want to see what Dr. Fauci is going to do next. If he's still, I think he's retiring as the top infectious disease expert, but I don't know if he's going to truly retire from medicine or retire from research. He may pop back up on some other type of advisory board because the work is still out there. They're still with these every, it, this virus is mutating. It looks like every single month, he still has work to do. And I think he has even probably would be more and probably more profitable in the private sector, um, lending his research prowess um, to one of these uh, billion dollar uh big pharma so who knows i'm waiting to see what his next story is going to be because i think it's going to be interesting now on to trash tv watching i don't consider myself a connoisseur of tv but um in the last several days i have been watching or had watched, I think, what time is it? I think, yes, this is Real House of Potomac uh, day. The new uh, episode should have dropped. Um, but I did some, I had to do some rewatching and I was appalled by, but not really appalled, it was just, one of the stupidest episodes was in the last couple of weeks where uh, Mia, who also is not a housewife, and I don't think she lives in Potomac, she basically attacked uh, Wendy. Uh, threw a drink at her, accused her, just some crazy, insane stuff. And then I was, I remarked, or I thought to myself, why has Wendy always been this ghetto? And I'm going to say yes. Um, and these types of fights are not unheard of because that was one of the reasons why one of the other Real Housewives of Potomac 
Mona, what's her name? Monica. I'm getting my names all mixed up. I'm losing it. Let's see. I, I spoke about Samuels. Um, she and her husband now, former uh, player on the dance skins, Monique Samuels. She got into a fight with Candience because Candience was talking crazy and got dealt with. Basically grabbed her head and was punching her in the head. She got called all out of her name, ghetto, uh, didn't belong on the show, blah, 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 blah. And it all started because of Candace talking crazy. This time, it, and, and, that, and when that fight happened on season five, um, what's her name? Giselle overreacted, bought a bodyguard because she was in fear of her life. Um, Robin being shady, just like she was shady this time recording. But all of them have a pattern of behavior that none of this is surprising to me. Mia is one of the newest, newer housewives. Um, and it's shocking that they didn't go to blow sooner because she, they have said and have done crazy stuff, but did it get earn her to get a drink or glass thrown at her? No. Did it? Is it worth her getting dragged on social media? No. Um, did it warrant her getting punched in the head? No. But I'm wondering how they're going to handle it because I know if you don't, if you have to create a storyline by resorting to physical violence what does that say about the franchise because i know the producers they encourage this type of behavior because if it's boring if the storyline is boring they're not going to film you so and if you don't get filmed if you don't get airtime you ain't gonna get paid so are the producers also in the blame and andy therefore in the blame for creating this type of scenario where they think they have to be extra in order to get screen time that type of reality is not worth it i don't think it would be worth it but it does make for messiness and it does i guess make for uh reality tv watching because i can watch it on the tv and then i can turn it off and go back to my boring life without having to deal with the repercussions of them and their craziness so i'm gonna basically um basically uh get on E to see if the latest episode of Real Housewives of Potomac has dropped. And then I'm going to uh, pop back in and to give my thoughts on it. But my thoughts on the previous episodes, I wasn't in such up in arms as a lot of other podcasters were. It was because I think they went extra re and resorted to, and they aired it. They resorted to physical violence because they all, and they are act the way they do turn it up because they know they're dependent on airtime because their airtime and their paycheck is dependent on all of those things. But other things that we know, 
they want to portray a lifestyle and they want to support that lifestyle. So they're willing to do whatever they can do to support it. So. So nothing has been released yet as of the um, episode today. I'll probably just be watching it like everybody else um, on at 8 o'clock because that's when it premieres tonight. Um, it should be interesting. It's wild that Giselle and Robin have a reasonably shady podcast where they talk trash about other people in a shady manner. And then they rip the clip that I saw on YouTube has them talking about how fake, um, Wendy Osufo, Osifo is. That's the girl that got the glass thrown at her by Mia and how, um, and, it, and, and Candace is still talking recklessly on Instagram live. So, I don't know, y'all. I have, I don't have now nickel in that dime. I don't know these people don't really, and it's not like I don't care about them, but I just don't have the energy to put into being wrapped up in women's lives that I don't know. Um, but it is a reasonably part of my podcast. Maybe I'm a little out of it too, because they have succeeded in getting 1 million downloads. It's like there is a, I guess there's an appetite um, for people talking, being shady um, about other people. And they've got a great deal on it. They have going to have a live show. They have an assistant and they have a great deal. And I'm just struggling trying to get 100,000 downloads. My whole thing now is working on getting exposure, I guess, for my show. Um, topics that are meaningful to people and potentially attracting the attention to get a really good A-list celebrity to come so I can interview or have interviewed for the show. That would be a lot of fun. Um, I just don't like their formula. The formula for success for shows like that be, is because they spill all the tea and they are shady. They're, that's the name of the show. I want to basically uh, have a product that is beyond that. So, but kudos to them. They're doing it and they're, they're in their own lane. They're staying in their own lane. Um, it's just maddening that they have the recipe for success. They have the uh, advertisements, but people like me, we're just going to continue to grind, right? And be recognized for a great product. I can only continue to put out a great product, um, given the topics and how I put it together. I hope that will be recognized hopefully soon and it will be profitable and entertaining at the same time without the shadiness, right? So right after I completed um, recording about Trash TV, I realized that I was supposed to also talk about Cousin Prince. Cousin Prince's Megan and H&M's new documentary on uh, Netflix. I 
was pleasantly surprised how relatable it, I think it was well shot, highly produced, but it was just like a almost a continuous Instagram post or highlight reels from their life. Um, how they and it's wild because they actually did meet on social media. Um, he basically slid into her DMs, and they they kept their relationship secret for a very long time before it broke. And then they were treated to the British press being ugly. And it was very sinister because I remember they basically tried to treat her the same way as they treated his mother. And how, but the difference was Megan had Harry and they were not, and she was American and they weren't gonna treat her any old kind of way. And how, what led them and pushed them. We only got like the first three episodes, but I think it was put together well enough to realize that subsequent episodes was that they were never going to fit in to the conservative and the routine of the British monarchy and the firm. Be, and they were going to write their own narrative. They were going to take the lead of their narrative. And that was that way was never going to be tolerated within that particular family. And what a loss. Because if they could have figured it out, it I still believe that it would have been it would have given the monarchy legitimacy and relevance because they were it's like they were stuck on stupid almost that they could not see how having them, which is a representation of everything for the monarchy and how it could have been dope and great, but they lost that chance. Maybe, um, maybe we're gonna see some changes um, because it's gonna be up to the subsequent ge generation to basically steer the monarchy if it's going to exist. If it is obvious, if it doesn't change, the relevancy is being tested throughout the rest of the Commonwealth. They are the ultimate colonizers. But what if all the countries of the uh, Commonwealth declare their independence, just like Barbados recently did, and basically break away from it? What then? So I'm going to leave it at that. And this is also getting back to the meaning of my show. I don't have the rights to basically reproduce um, any of the books that I actually have been reading, but I want to basically get back to reading again. And why not? The closest we thing that we have in the United States is our uh, presidents and some of, and also like people like Jay-Z, heads of industry. But their wives tend to make big splashes too, with the exception of the previous uh, uh, administration's wife, who is a former porn star, but that's neither here nor there. But Forever Float is um, Michelle Obama. Her book recently just dropped, The Light We Carry. And as I started listening to it on Audible, I was struck by how can you carry light? Light is not touchable. So I started looking up the synonyms and try to get the meaning of it and how I felt as I was listening to it. 
bear, convey, bring, convoy, displace, ferry, give, fetch. And then the opposite of to carry and a lot of those same words are avoid, refuse, dodge, it remain. Because for you to carry anything, you actually have to refuse other things in order to be propelled forward is what I think. And you can carry a lot of things, you know, for instance, um, you can convey truth, you can convey hope, and then light also is the truth and hope. Those things can be enlightening and are light. She, what I was very struck with is how uh, Forever Flotus would have loved to have left the crown on the pillow even though everything in her pa past and present prepared her for her present. When you are open to carry light, you also open yourself up to criticisms. It also, when you are that, but you're driven to succeed, but then you're open up to critique, and then you've got to also compound some imposter, uh, imposter syndrome or your imposter complex. There was no way that you would ever do anything not the best and to be successful, but it also, when you get the success, then you think it's all false. You're waiting for another shoe to fall. And it takes great psychological work to be able to get over that complex. She thought she had made it. She was going successful corporate lawyer. She wanted kids and a husband. It was harder for her to get pregnant and to maintain a healthy pregnancy, but she did, but it was hard. And she was also wanted to be a successful lawyer. And it was also difficult when you also have a uber successful husband like her and the pain associated with maintaining that relationship, almost at your expense. She went into a lot, spilled a lot of tea, and I don't think we, she could even scratch the surface of it in the first several pages or the f first few minutes of the book. But she really got into all of the years of discomfort and pain and loneliness. And I wonder if she thinks it's worth it or if she's still processing it. And the book is a means of her processing it. Her story is so atypical. Parts are relatable, but it's her truth surviving in a paternalistic system. Paternalistic, actually, not just paternalistic, but also just a racist society. And still, in spite of all of those things, being uber successful. I don't think we can even, but I can imagine the impact is still ongoing of the previous administration because it peeled back just how vicious uh, people are. And then the 
but it is also very disconcerting because when it became okay to be a bigot and to be rude and mean to people, and we think we had moved to a higher plane, but it was just because we were had been asked or the society were actually asked to be civilized for too long, they were waiting for a chump and his cronies to let to release the Kraken and how it set someone like her off. But it's also, I was also struck because I've also was look, watching on YouTube and uh, they were showing clips of her um, as she and with Tyler Perry have been touring uh, on her book promotion and I also was struck about how is 60 supposed to look. I mean, from Cicely Tyson, that look was fly when she passed away at 95, not a crack on her face. Tina Turner until recently, Oprah, Angela Bassett, Flotus, you know, all of, they're starting to annoy me, but they are an inspiration about age is really just a number. They all, in their own respects, carried something just so brilliantly that is also just brilliantly, it's like black girl magic. Cicely was the first to wear her natural hair and wear it as her crown. Tina returned to rock and roll after divorcing Ike Turner. Also, Oprah, a billionaire talk show hostess, production company, studio owner, amazing. Angela Bassett is the queen, as the queen mother, superstar actress level. And then there's Flotus, enough said. She is in the black woman, fly girl, magic, superstar status, more so than maybe even Jacqueline Onassis. Do you realize I just compared her? She is probably even greater than her with grace and not just because she had money and not because just who she's married to because of her own success. In order to carry true light, love, hope of a people, you have to avoid toxicity. You dodge bullets of haterism and refuse to give up. It's hard to hit a moving target. You got to stick and move, build up to others to carry the torch. Also, if your goal is success, it could be a disaster. But thankfully, it won't be, and it wasn't. What if you never tried and you basically, you never tried to be successful, you never tried and you missed out on something so great because you never tried or you were too scared of the risk. But I'm taken away from this. Without no risk, there's no reward. I'm not going to do anything too crazy, but I am at least going to try and make the moves and make those moves in order to be success. 
if it does, those moves don't work, at least I did the moves and then I'm going to continue to try something else. What 60 looks like and success looks like is different for everyone, but what it does require is effort and So that's how we're going to end this episode. And I'm going to end it with a, a positive word. I used to scoff at people making this statement because maybe because of its simplicity or maybe because it sounded more like an admonishment that I was being everything but kind. But then when I started investigating it for myself, that's when I realized that I was confusing politeness with kindness. Politeness is a fake superficial manner in which there's no required investment, no self-reflection. But being kind is an adjective. It is, on, it is an action. If you're kind to yourself first, it's like exercise memory. You will continue and be kind to others. Let that sit with you for a while. I'm gonna try to be kind to myself I'll be kind to others. It's very simple, and you got to repeat it. Lean into the spirit of a new year by counting your blessings, giving to others, and spreading happiness. I know I will. And this episode or this podcast is my means to spread joy and happiness and light and enlightenment. There's so much going on with aggression and um, just meanness. But if I can leave you with one small positive thought, start your day with that, that can change everything for you and and just basically change your day. Don't forget to check out Dale's Angels Inc. for notes on this podcast as well as other works by CQM in um, that are and other contributors that are in work or in um, being edited right now. Um, also, check out my Instagram feed, Tenfro is Reading. You can check me out on Facebook, Tenfro is Reading Book Club, as well as my YouTube channel, Tenfro is Reading and Eating. And what I'm just chatting and streaming um, at TV Food Wine Girl on Twitter. Uh, navigate to Writer's Block Coffee or shipabagaddicts.com. Use my promo code Tenfro Coffee or Tenfro Got Jokes, respectively, to get a percentage off of your order. Don't forget to drop me a line at temporalwasreading at gmail.com. Um, all non-trolling messages may be actually uh, read online, and you can do the same if you are in Podbean or Anchor or wherever you listen to the podcast. And again, shedding light and positivity. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Until next time, bye.